and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking about process versus product and why you should care. Hey, Shannon, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, too. Good. I think we just had a jet fly over, like a fighter jet fly over during the... um, introduction. I don't know if you could hear that or not. It was quite loud here. I didn't hear it. Oh, good. So never mind. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like it was a lawnmower in your yard or something. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Thunder, anything like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, today we're talking about process versus product and why you should care and and why you should care because it it matters yeah um and the the idea for this came from a story in the book art and fear by david bales and ted orland and it's about uh, a ceramics teacher and on the first day he of class he divided the class into two groups and one group would be graded solely on the quality of work that they produced and the other group on quantity and so um, the quality group only needed to produce one pot but it needed to be a perfect one to get an A And then the quantity group, he actually would bring in a scale and weigh it. So, you know, at the end of the semester, 50 pounds of pots got you an A, 40 pounds of B on down the line. Um, And at the end of the semester, they learned something very interesting. The highest quality works all came out of the group that was graded on quantity. I love that. I know. So the people who were just turning it out without being too concerned or without being limited by the need to make something amazing actually were able to make the most amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Like when you yeah. were when we were first talking about it, I was like, ooh, I would not want to be in that quality group. That would be so <laughs> stressful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because you could see how like, oh, that would be an easy A because I could just make one perfect pot and then I'm done. Yeah, then I just coast. Right. right. But what? that's where process versus product get in, get comes into play. And then, and perfectionism, like you can see how perfectionism 
can cause you to want to be in that quality side of things when really being in the the quantity in the process is um, may get you where you want to go more easily right because it makes sense to me that the more attempts you make the more likely you are to produce quality stuff because you're learning with each attempt presumably and something like yeah throwing pots um the more you do it the better you get right right and this reminds me of um a couple of things but that idea of like ten thousand hours Mm -hmm. and some of the ideas in the talent code where they talk about how you know it's not just putting in um time like it's not like you're just throwing pots or you know you're not just showing up in the ceramics room and and you know putting making lumps of clay you're actually trying to make pots and so you're presumably learning from your mistakes and making improvements and and um are being driven by by that process and enjoying that process and learning from that process um because you know you can put 10,000 hours in but if your 10,000 hours are just making the same mistakes over and over and over again and you're not learning from them it doesn't matter you don't become an expert mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it makes me think about the my hobbies like um knitting where um people who knit talk about how some people are select a pattern to work on based on how enjoyable it will be to knit it or um well or how challenging if that's what they like if they like being challenged versus other people who choose a pattern based on what the finished product looks like and Mm -hmm. um and that's that sort of process versus product as well and um and and it's an interesting debate i i definitely fall in the process category where I'm not going to knit a beautiful like lace I think lace can be beautiful but it's not my cup of tea to knit it's it's fiddly and difficult <laughs> and I that's not what I'm I didn't sign up for that right so I don't right knit, yeah I don't knit lace shawls um oh my gosh no so I have that's how <laughs> I can speak with I have done I have tried it and did yeah. not like it yeah but then the same also goes for um hand lettering where if it's really easy for me anyway to not practice hand lettering because out of frustration for it not looking great as I'm practicing, yeah. Um, right. But obviously, the more you do it, the more uh, the easier it gets, and the more beautiful it becomes. And um, so, practicing and practicing and practicing with hand lettering is really unless you're just naturally gifted. It's just it's the way you're going to get better, without a doubt. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's useful to recognize what's inspiring you to do something. Like for you, you don't, you're knitting because of the enjoyment of knitting. So you knit patterns that bring you that enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to just knit the same hat over and over again because you want to be knitting and you don't care what you're knitting. If it's like an easy hat that warms somebody's head, I might. <laughs> hat was a bad right, example. Right, because <laughs> hats are easy. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. Right, um, but but I just mean that you're you're not going to knit the same thing over and over again 
just to get a product. You have to enjoy the knitting. And perhaps oh, right. knowing why you're doing that is mm-hmm. enough enjoyment. Right. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I have to enjoy it. And, um, you know, if it's something that's easy to knit that is going to be a nice gift, I'll happily make more than one. Just made two hats the other, yeah. the other day. But um, right. but I'm not going to knit another brain hat. There's only right. one brain hat <laughs> that will ever <laughs> come out of my fingers. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what oh and it also made me think about this um mystery knit along that i'm doing that is so much fun and um and anybody can do it although if you get in late you're not knitting along as much so people around the internet are all knitting this thing the same thing and it's a mystery we don't know what it is so Ooh. each week a sixth of the pattern comes out for six weeks and um uh-huh. it's a shawl we know that much but uh, it's got all these crazy techniques in it and a lot of whimsy and fun. And um, definitely doing it for the process because I don't know if the colors I selected were going to look good. <laughs> it's got four colors. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to look like. I have no idea what it's going to look like, which is so right. exciting. Yeah, so much fun. So it's, in that case, it's definitely a process. I suspect it'll be a pretty spectacular, um, a pretty spectacular finished product based on what I've seen now and I'll just I'll just say there's there's Morse code knitted into it what (laughs) yep (laughs) I can't wait to see what it is (laughs) I know me too (laughs) that's amazing that would be really hard for me to sign on to that I'm just, you know, as we're talking, I'm realizing, I mean, I sort of already knew this, but it's really sort of hitting home, just my gut reaction. Like, it would be really hard for me to sign on to that project, not knowing what we're after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, I, yeah, I guess what, how I would approach that if I wanted to do that, like how I would get myself um, to want to do something like that is that the the product is um having fun creating something you know it's like the process is um how do i want to say this it's like the product is the process yeah the product is the process yeah it's like it becomes like tangible evidence of the process right and it's uh you would you would be able to convince yourself to do it for the like experimental nature of it and the the experience of right the mystery of it yeah 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 it's really it's it's really something and it's um it's really fun i'll put a link to the to it in the show notes any knitters who are listening you can you can start now you just um right now we all start at the same time and there's hundreds if not thousands of people doing it and so there's we're all people are showing pictures and communicating with one another um oh how fun yeah yeah it's really neat it's fun to see all the different color combinations and so forth yeah um yeah that's great yeah but i'm thinking about other things that that where people get caught up in perfectionism where they don't even want to start something because they they think they have to get it right because they think they have to do you know like do the one quality thing 
as opposed to um, engaging in the process, which eventually will result in good enough quality Mm -hmm. and perhaps even better quality than if you focused on quality. (laughs) Right. Well, I would think like many artistic endeavors might be that way, Um, painting or creating uh, sculpture or anything. But the thing that jumped into my head as you were talking was because it's always all, all about me is uh, genealogy. <laughs> so genealogy, uh-huh. t- I talk to people who say, I have no idea how to do it. I have no idea, I, you know, I, I can't start it because I don't know how to do it right. And um, that's one of my messages in genealogy is it's, uh, you know, it's a, ma- it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it's about the process. Uh, I mean, because there's no finish line <laughs> genealogy. Right. And um, you don't have to do it right. I mean, we all make mistakes at the beginning and um, just keep going. We learn as we go. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I um, had a consult with someone recently who um, wanted to know if anyone ever, quote unquote, finished coaching with me before <laughs> the end of my coaching program. And I didn't know how to answer that because, I mean, the response is, well, you're actually never finished. Right, which is not a great We just have a time frame. Right. (laughs) It's not really what the the customer, the prospective client wants to hear, (laughs) maybe. You're never finished. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's an interesting question because for someone to stop early in your program, I can't. I can't imagine that happens if they're making progress. Right. Well, and, you know, my take on it is even if we achieve the goals that you set out at the beginning, there's always ways to bring more ease in, to make things more fun, to, like, open up the possibilities to what you couldn't even see before we started. Right. You know, like it was hard for you to understand how much you would love YNAB. Yes, and I love it with such until a you got fervor. started, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but so I think that's one of the one of the reasons why it can be very useful to engage in the process, even if you aren't sure about the product or you aren't sure that you can you know, sort of achieve the quality that you want. Yes, I think YNAB, uh, You Need a Budget, is a great example because any little bit you do with it is it's going to be helpful. Just once you getting your mind around thinking about giving your dollars a job and just right. shifting your mindset in how you think about money. And then as you spend more time with it and hone it to your needs it becomes magical. I mean, it's yeah. like, I just can't even tell you, it's insane. <laughs> I wrote in my gratitude journal, I've been, I've, been, uh-huh. I've managed to um, develop a habit of writing in a gratitude journal. And I, on August 1st, I was, no, on July 31st, I wrote, <laughs> that was grateful, that tomorrow was August 1st and I got to budget. <laughs> <laughs> Can you even believe that? <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> I know I can budget ahead. Oh, excellent snort. Oh, that was snort worthy. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. <laughs> I can't believe that you wrote in your gratitude journal in advance <laughs> that you were excited that the next day, you were grateful that the next day you got to budget. Yeah, I did. <clears throat> you might need to share that with the YNAB folks. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, is I so awesome. Yeah, and I know I can budget ahead but i prefer to sort of save it up and budget on the first <clears throat> yeah so um yeah so yeah so ynab is a great i'm so grateful obviously for your patience and help with it patience while i drag my feet and then help once i started walking with it because <laughs> it's so helpful <laughs> yeah well I'm so glad that it's working so well for you because I know that it's given you such a feeling of freedom around your finances. Yes, which I appreciate and have, as you know, had plenty of times in my life where I did not feel that way. But now I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm set, like I'll always feel this way. I mean, That's and awesome. I'm in the middle of making no money. <laughs> so it's <laughs> virtually so um yeah it's uh it's really it's really great that's that's great but i think it's really interesting you know as we're talking i think sort of going into this i was feeling like um process versus product was like you know no question you always want to pay attention to the process but I think actually what's more useful is if you feel like perfectionism is getting in the way is to notice whether you're thinking about what it is you want to do as process or product and then um, consider the other way. Like I think, um, and I could be just making this up, but like with YNAB, you were thinking about process and that felt overwhelming Mm -hmm. But if you thought about product of having a budget that gave you financial freedom, then that helped you do what you needed to do to learn how to use it. Absolutely, yeah. Getting in touch with the outcome of going through the effort to figure out how to do it or to set it up. Yeah. Um, right. Which I was afraid I would feel stupid or I would... Um, fail or I would hate it, hate doing it. And none of that was true. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's, that's an interesting, I like that what you said about, think about the one way and then reverse it, think about it the other way. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. And again, getting in touch with why something's important to you is sort of the key mm -hmm. here. Well, and I'm thinking now I'm trying to think of an example of the opposite direction where um, we're thinking about the product makes it hard to get started. Like perfectionism gets in place when you're thinking about the product. Like if you don't know how to do something. How um, about knitting a lace shawl? That looks difficult, I bet. Because it is. <laughs> Um, so maybe that's not a good example. <laughs> I don't think that's a good example because you already know that you don't want to learn oh, that process. Not me. But I meant somebody else. 
who wanted oh. to, who wanted to learn to knit, but they wouldn't want to well, start with a lace shawl. Yeah, but so if they're, but I'm thinking more in terms of like the end, the you know trying to come up with that one perfect pot mm-hmm. is overwhelming, and so then thinking about so what's the process you need to get there, and that would be. Um, instead of thinking about coming up with one perfect pot, think about how can you um, practice making pots and get better at making pots. Like, you know, pay attention to the process as opposed Mm -hmm. to the product. It strikes me that the same holds true for something like decluttering, where one can really want a decluttered house, but the idea of, if you're dealing with a lot of clutter, of getting through it, feels impossible until you think about the process and break it down into little right. doable things. That's right. Something tells me I'm not fully getting it, but those are the things that are jumping well, into that, my mind. That's more about like you're good with the, the process Us. is what's sticking for you. The process mm-hmm. is the problem. You, you know the product you want, but the process is the problem. Mm-hmm. So then if you know if you feel good about the product then look at the process and how can you make the process doable Mm -hmm. so you know what you're suggesting is exactly right you know breaking it down into small steps like you know how can you create sort of a part of that end product with each tiny project that you're doing Mm Um, but I just think it's, it's useful to sort of, to not think that, you know, process versus product is good or bad. It's just, you know, what's working for you and what isn't working for you and do the opposite, you know, look at the opposite thing. If you're, if you feel really inspired by the product, but the process seems overwhelming, then look at the process and how can you make that doable? If you're good with the process, but don't know the product, then get in touch with that. Mm -hmm. Like why it matters to you. A worthwhile consideration. Yes. So anything else to say about process versus product? I'm all processed out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) excellent. I think we have a good product here and we can end. <laughs> nice. So we want to hear from you. How do you feel about process versus product? Do you lean more towards um, making pots by weight or trying to get the perfect pot? You can let us know on social media. At uh, Twitter, we're at GTG Enough, and on Facebook and Instagram, we're at Getting to Good Enough. You can leave a comment on the show notes at gettingtogoodenough.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that Good enough is getting easier for you. I can't believe you made me snort. (laughs) 
my work here is complete. 